TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone! Touch them all, Joe Maurer! And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now, our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. All right. Hey, welcome to Touch Them All, guys. I see Jim. I see Gary. A couple other people hanging out here. Thanks for coming to the weekly Twins Q&A show. Uh, super fun. We're trying out new technology. We're getting better every week. And... If you're coming from my Facebook page, thank you. Thank you for coming back. We appreciate having you here. I'm going to jump into your questions. This is basically what this whole episode is going to be about. We are recording a podcast. If you're hearing this on the podcast feed, hi. Thanks for downloading the show. We really appreciate the support. Touch Em All continues to grow, and it's kind of surprising in an off-season, but it should be a fun off-season. So from that perspective, it does make some sense. Um, we're, we're going to talk about pitching today. If there are targets you guys want whether it's free agents trade candidates or even just internal people from the twins organization bubbling up from the minor leagues that's what this episode is about um i titled it trevor bauer zach granke sunny gray what say you um if you guys want to we can talk about all of those during this show this is this is really your show i mean i'm i'm gonna get my opinions in here as we can but i also don't want to dominate this episode so, Jim, Gary, um, anybody else hanging out in here, if you've got questions, I want to hear from you. I'm going to close out all of these accounts. And I'm also, I'm just going to pull up some of the Facebook conversations we had this week because I know there, there's a lot of podcast listeners that don't believe that I actually interact with people on my Facebook page. I'm not sure why that is, but we do. We talk pretty much every day on my Facebook page. So I'll open up some of the things, the Sunny Gray column. Uh, there was a couple other this week, and we'll get to all of that during this show. But if you guys have any suggestions for how the Twins go about upgrading their pitchers, I want to hear from you because I think we all agree that the staff needs to be better than it was last year if the Twins are going to be um, legitimate World Series contenders 2019. We've got so many fun things to talk about today. Um, I don't know if you saw Trevor Bauer's Twitter. I don't know what you'd say. Twitter meltdown is far too strong of a word because he's super level-headed about it. But his Twitter escapades, we can talk about that today. Sonny Gray as a potential trade target's interesting, but I'm out. Uh, we can talk about that today. And then I see just a bunch of people responding to the uh, Sonny Gray thing. Obviously, we'll talk about that. Um, we played a pretty fun game of uh, Pitcher A, Pitcher B on the last Touch Em All Twins show. Let's see if I still have this in my notebook. I might have ripped it out, guys. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Uh, we played Pitcher A, Pitcher B because Phil's all in on Sunny Gray, and I'm skeptical. I'm all in on Trevor Bauer, and he's skeptical. So we had some fun with that. Um, the Twins' starting rotation as it stands today, I think you'd start with Jose Barreos, go to Kyle Gibson, um, Jake Odorizzi, and then Michael Pineda, and then kind of question marks. I don't know that you'd feel rock solid about picking who your first five are. And knowing the Twins historically, too, they pick their top seven or eight. It's never five guys expected to start the season and then no clue who the sixth is. You might have seven or eight or nine guys who you're like, yeah, I could see him making 25 starts. And then you kind of hope um, that five shake out and do make 30 starts. Like the Indians last year, their rotation was awesome, in part because Trevor Bauer was so great, but also Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco. Um, Josh Tomlin made starts for him, but Mike Clevenger was amazing and then Shane Bieber was kind of their like I think he was their sixth most used starter if I remember correctly off the top of my head but like that's a great rotation 
in part because the top end is great, but also they only counted on six guys really to make the lion's share of their starts. And that's where the good teams want to be. If you're the Astros, you want Justin Verlander starting 33 times, Garrett Cole, you know, on and on down the list. And not every team has that luxury. The Twins certainly were not one of those teams last year. Let me jump into your questions, and then and then we'll talk some of the Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, all that fun stuff. Okay. Yeah, sweet. A lot of people hanging out. This is awesome. Uh, Jim says, any big hot stove news and rumors? I got one for you. Yes. You're not going to like it. Zach Granke. This is not uh, rumor. It's a news. The Athletics reporting that uh, Zach Granke's 15-team no-trade list includes, unfortunately, the Minnesota Twins. Um, wrote about this this afternoon. If the Twins wanted to trade for Zach Greinke, the ace in Arizona, will have a say in the matter. The Twins are one of 15 teams on Greinke's no-trade clause, according to a report from The Athletic. Um, and as I go on to say, like it'd be too bad because he's one of those guys that I've said would make sense to target this year. If you're the Twins and you say, we got money to spend, we can either go get free agents, we've also got prospects we could trade, um, you've, got, you've got several different ways of acquiring pitching if you're the Twins right now. And I think taking on a quote-unquote bad contract would be a pretty advantageous way to buy a player right now who's not a free agent. Um, you see this with the Robinson Cano trade that's been rumored for like 72 hours now to the Mets. You're basically giving up Robbie Cano and a great reliever for prospects, a couple of bad deals, and the ability to get out from the rest of Cano's 120 mil. And you could do the same thing with the Diamondbacks. But apparently you can't if you're the Minnesota Twins because Granke could uh, just veto that trade. Um, so that's it's a little too bad, but when you ask uh, news and rumors, that's the latest, Jim, is unfortunately you'd have to get him to sign off on that. I don't know what the situation is there. Haven't talked to Granke today. But he would have the opportunity to say, like, no thanks, I'm good. I'd rather pitch in the desert than the tundra. All right, Gary says, let's get Trevor Bauer. Perfect, let's talk about it. Trevor Bauer um, can really pitch. I tweeted the other day, I'm in. If, if that's actually on the table, I'm in. Um, if I'm the Twins... It's a gamble, but I think it's a gamble they should be willing to at least entertain. Let me find the tweet because we had a couple of conversations about this the other day. Yeah, so for anyone, I don't want to say late to the party, but maybe you just missed your invitation in the mail. Bob Nightingale tweeted the other day. This is three days ago now. I'll just read straight from his tweet. This according to USA Today's Bob Nightingale Teams talking to the Cleveland hashtag Indians say the Indians are much more inclined to trade Trevor Bauer than Corey Kluber or Carlos Carrasco. Bauer has two years of club control left, but he's the only one of the starters with cost uncertainty. So I'll I'll paraphrase that if you're going to trade a starting pitcher and you're the Cleveland Indians, you have the choice to trade somebody under contract or somebody who has two arbitration years left Bauer's going to get rich in arbitration. Let's just be honest about it. But he's also not going to get as rich as he would in the free agent market. What's fascinating to me about Trevor Bauer is that he's just seems to be on the rise. Last year, he would have been in the Cy Young conversation if he hadn't gotten hurt. And that's pretty stiff competition in the American League. So there's, there's talent there. And Mackey's point the other day, and he's right, how sure are you that Bauer is going to repeat as that kind of pitcher. I'm not sure, but I'm willing to gamble on it. And the other interesting thing about Bauer, to me, is that he's not interested in a long-term contract. If the Cleveland Indians, for whatever reason, instead of trading him, were like, no, we actually want to extend you. Let's do a big money long-term deal. He would say no. Trevor Bauer is on the record as saying he's only going to sign one-year deals for the entirety of his Major League Baseball career, which is 
mind-boggling uh, at a position of such perceived volatility and you're not sure year to year. What if your elbow just blows out? He said, no, one-year deals. He basically, the way I interpret it is he wants to be in control of his situation as much as possible. So if he signs up for a team with a chance to win the World Series and a pitching coach he likes, and then the next year, let's say they win 78 games and fire their pitching coach, well, he wouldn't want to be locked into that situation for another five years after that. He would want the ability to say, like, okay, sounds good, I'm out. And that's fascinating to me. I, I was kind of joking on Twitter the other day. I said, I'm willing to bet on a guy. This isn't a hard and fast rule, but in this case, I'm willing to bet on a guy that is so willing to bet on himself that he would not sign a multi-year contract. I mean, that it fascinates me. Trevor Bauer, right-handed, 27 years old. Velocity's up. Um, I don't know exactly what he's going to get in arbitration, but he's going to get a lot of money in arbitration. Let's see here. I've got his numbers in front of me. 175 innings before he got hurt last year. A 2.21 ERA. Strikeout rate was elite, 30.8%, and walk rate, 8%. He is, hands down, one of the 10 or 20 best pitchers in all of baseball. And I think that's the kind of talent the Twins should be looking to infuse to their system. If it's at the top of the rotation, awesome. Because then J.O. Barreos slots down a peg. Kyle Gibson's now a three or four starter. Jake Odorizzi is not counted on to be that mid-rotation guy. Michael Pineda, who's, let's be honest, a question mark coming off Tommy John surgery and another surgery late in the year. He's not counted on then to be a 175 innings guy. He's awesome. If you get 30 starts of him, great. Now you've got four or five guys that you're feeling pretty good about. And that's before you get into the mix of, you know, if Trevor May is going to be a starter, Adalberto Mejia, mm, Steven Gonsalves, Zach Littell, Aaron Sleggers, on and on and on down the list. You, you're not necessarily counting on 30-start performances from those guys in 2019. I think that's the best place to be if you're the Twins. Um, so I, I can't remember who asked the question. i got to jump back here. Gary says, let's get Trevor Bauer. I'm going to pin that comment for now until a better one comes up. But that would be a fascinating push-your-chips-into-the-middle-of-the-table gamble if you're the Twins because you're going to have to give up some prospects. You're going to have to give up somebody that you like, obviously. But if you can pay below market value for one of the best pitchers in baseball and he can replicate that, well, that's pretty interesting. The downside, the risk, if you will, is threefold. One, he doesn't repeat. Two, You've only got him for two years, and if he decides he doesn't like pitching for you, sorry. And three, injury. Pitchers can get hurt. So Trevor Bauer is fascinating for me, Gary. I pinned your tweet because – or pinned your uh, Facebook comment because, yes, that's that's a push all your chips to the middle of the table kind of move for the Twins. World Series are bust for 2019-2020. Tony says Paul Goldschmidt. I'm in on Paul Goldschmidt. You just got C.J. Crone. Um, we're going to see some of the non-tendered situations crawl across the wire here. Uh, let's see. We might we might see that before this video is over, as a matter of fact. Um, who else? Who else needs to be talked about in that Goldschmidt conversation? I mean, he is a guy with one year left, so if you're talking – People who you're gambling on, like, championship or bust, he'd be one of them. I was talking to a Cardinals fan the other day, though, who wants to see the Cardinals trade for Paul Goldschmidt and then hope it's like a Matt Holiday situation where he just falls in love with the city of St. Louis and the Cardinal way and Paul Goldschmidt signs up to be a Cardinal for life. I don't know that you could count on that if you're the Twins, and so you'd have to temper your your price tag, your your price point. You'd have to be willing to say, okay, I'm buying – one season of Paul Goldschmidt. I'm not buying the the rest of the career of this great perennial NL MVP candidate. I think Goldschmidt would look great in a Twins uniform. I think he'd upgrade first base. Goes without saying. But also, you've got to factor in cost and, and how long you're getting his services for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not... That's not to disagree or fight with you on, on Goldschmidt. 
He wouldn't upgrade the pitching, but you can win a lot of games 8-5. to five. All right, Brandon wants to know, when do you expect some major free agent dominoes to start falling? Um, he mentions Harper, Machado, Corbin. It says, it's early, but I'm still impatient. I feel you. I feel you. Um, let's see here. Where do I want to start with this one? Because there was a report. Uh, I'm trying to think who it was. It was Jason Stark on Friday shared on Twitter that Patrick Corbin's expected to make his decision soon. Oh, this is where I should have started. Uh, he says Patrick Corbin decision could be coming soon, and, and if I'm remembering the attribution right, sorry if I'm not, but they said basically wouldn't be shocked to see Corbin ink a deal before the winter meeting start next week. Not next week. Yeah, next week. Well, this is being recorded on our Friday, so we've got one more week to go before the winter meetings start the following. I think it's like Sunday into Monday that things really get going. So you might have to wait one more week before the hot stove really starts broiling, but you're going to see some action. Obviously, the Mets-Mariners trade might either kick some things off or answer some questions for some teams. Patrick Corbin possibly could be the first big domino to fall, but I would also look at it and say like Harper and Machado are bigger pieces than Patrick Corbin. Here's where I should have started with this. I do not know if you guys saw this, but on Twitter Thursday, I think, I think it was Thursday, Ken Rosenthal, you know Ken Rosenthal, he t- he tweeted something about um person who attended Patrick Corbin's wedding said that Patrick Corbin's brother was giving a best man speech and at the end put on a Yankees cap and said something to the effect of glad you're going to be coming home. And I should really I should really find the exact thing so I'm not being so um, uh, slanderous here. But it was something to that effect. Like, are we we're, – we're, oh, we're actually taking reports from uh, weddings here. Uh, Ken Rosenthal, quote – this is on Twitter. This is fun. I like this. Is, this is hot stove season. It started. It's officially here. So I know we're all impatient, but this one was fun. All right, Ken Rosenthal, quote, from someone who attended Patrick Corbin's recent wedding, quote, his younger brother gave a best man speech and at the end took out a Yankees hat and put it on, which elicited a great applause and said uh, they all hoped that he and Jen would be moving closer to home, end quote, end tweet. That's epic. That's amazing. If Patrick Corbin's going to the Yankees, first of all, holy cow, look out for the Yankees. But second of all, what a fantastic way to get that scoop from somebody who went to the wedding and the brother who spilled the beans just like, what, a week or I don't know how many days before the contract's actually signed. I saw someone somebody quote tweeted that and said, like, pretty sure this is tampering. But I don't think it is. I, I mean, I think he, as near as I could tell, he's a free agent. He's free to choose wherever he wants to go play baseball next. He gets to choose his next employer. So that was just amazing to me. That's awesome. From the Twins' perspective, it would be too bad because it would mean Patrick Corbin's not going to be pitching for the Twins next year. But there is this bright side, which is that the Yankees are going to have Luis Severino, James Paxton, Patrick Corbin, Masahiro Tanaka. Um, does CC go back there? I don't know what the rotation looks like at all at that point after those three studs. But you're also talking about Sonny Gray, who was bumped from the rotation last year as a possibly very expendable piece. Um, Sonny Gray's in his walk year. He'll be a free agent after this. But, you know, that would be an embarrassment of starting pitching riches for the Yankees. And uh, it's it's good because, you know, after they won 100 games and then had to watch the Red Sox go win the World Series, I, I was starting to feel really bad for the Yankees and uh, their inability to put together a 25-man roster that could compete. So... If Patrick Corbin, Brandon, if, if Patrick Corbin is the first domino to fall, that could set off a really, uh, you know, hot stove simmer season at the winter meetings uh, the week after next. Lucas says, sup, Derek, good afternoon. Good afternoon, mate. Lucas says, how do you feel about Drew Pomeranz? Many people on Twitter see him as the next Nathan Eovaldi. Pomeranz is interesting. He is... 
I think he's going to make the next team he's on better. But I don't know. I'm going to pull up his Fangraphs page. I don't know exactly what to think, to be honest with you. And I think that's a little scary to try to find the next Nathan Eovaldi. Right? So Pomeranz is 30. Seventy-four innings with the Red Sox and a six-point-zero-eight ERA, but there's you know there's a lot of speculation about how he would potentially bounce back. I saw him on BP's top fifty free agents. Um, top fifty. Well, where did MLB trade rumors have him? MLB. Top fifty free agents. Of their top 50 free agents, MLB Trade Rumors has Drew Pomeranz number 50. So he made the list. Um, He made the list, but he's not very high up on it. Um, Let's see what they said. I'm reading right from MLB TR. Fine year in 2016, made the All-Star team, 3.32 ERA and 30 starts. Um, After the trade, drama developed about Exchange of medical info, blah, blah, blah. Hit the DL last year with biceps tendonitis. Out for two months. It was a reliever the rest of the time. So lost season, heading into your walk year, not great. But um, MLB Trade Rumor says he's an intriguing signing if he can stay healthy and recover some of his lost velocity. I think that's fine, but I also think that the Twins already sort of took their shot with, not that you can't take multiple, is fine, but they took their shot with Injury Reclamation Project by signing Michael Pineda to a two-year rehab contract. So the way I kind of look at it is you've got your, your um, not shoot the moon stock, but you've got this low-cost item that could pay off in the form of 30 to 33 starts if Pineda's healthy and ready to rock and showing his best form from the Yankees that you've got to steal for $8 million this year. Um, Trade Rumor says Pomeranz will be one year and $6 million. You could shoot that shot if you're the Twins. But I also want to warn against the shoot for the bottom or the middle of the rotation. You You can do that if you're the Twins and just get deeper But I also think that you can get better, and that's what you should try to do is people talk about innings eaters, and I've kind of always hated the term, but what what really bothers me about it is, like, I don't want somebody to just eat innings. I want good pitchers to pitch good innings, and that's where I'd be at right now in 2019 or the winter going into the 2019 season is, like, if you can aim – like the Yankees are doing. They're circling the top of the rotation and say, how do we get better? All right, Seve, we're good. Now go trade up package for James Paxton. Get him out of Seattle and into your rotation. That's shooting for the top of the rotation. Patrick Corbin has a meeting, and apparently his brother, the best man, said uh, something about how he and Jen are whatever. Okay, that's shooting for the top of the rotation. Um, If somebody trades for Noah Syndergaard, that's trading for the top of the rotation. I think Pomeranz is interesting. Obviously, you've seen the track record before. 2018 makes you question it so much so that MLB trade rumors has him on a one year, $6 million deal. The same one year, $6 million deal, by the way, that trade rumors has their 49th best free agent, Irvin Santana signing. It's like, just put it in that context. Would you be excited about Irvin Santana right now on a one year deal? I'd go back and look and I'd say, you could maybe make the case that Drew Pomeranz going to have a better year than Irv in 2019, given age and the the scope of the injury. The fact that Irvin Santana didn't do anything in 2018 would be really troubling to me if I was a another team looking to sign him to a contract. Um, so anyways, like, I don't know if I really answered your question or if I just rambled around the point a little bit, but Drew, Drew Pomeranz would be a fine ad for the Twins if that's all they did to address their pitching. I think that would be a pretty disappointing winter in Minnesota. Jonna says Corey Kluber. Yep, sign me up. Sign me up. 
I see Ashley joined the chat. Seth joined the chat. I saw Cindy hanging out. What's up, guys? Thank you for coming. Um, who would you rather have, Corey Kluber or Trevor Bauer? I'll pose that to the room. Okay. Joey has got a question for us. Joey says, what about internal options in the rotation? Lurch? Gonsalves in the rotation? Stewart? Whatever happened to Romero? All right, so I've got a couple for you on this. Lurch, Trevor May, is fine as a closer. I was banging the starting drum for so long. I was one of the last ones on the bandwagon, I think. And if now he's the closer, then I'll I'll quietly retire that take. But... I think you feel better about your starting rotation right now than you do about your bullpen. I mean, that's, I mean, just my personal opinion. And so if, if you feel like one is more settled than the other, I wouldn't rob from the struggling one to pay the one that you feel kind of okay about. Okay. It's not the Astros. Okay. It's not the Indians. Okay. It's not the Yankees, but so I've written a couple of times this winter. I think if Irvin Santana was healthy in 2018 and put in a normal productive season, even with aging and some regression, he wasn't going to be an ace again in 2018. I think that twin starting staff is top five in the American league. They didn't have Irvin Santana, obviously, and they struggled to replace him, obviously, but it's not to be ignored that they got a solid performance out of Kyle Gibson. They got a solid performance out of Jose Barreos. So I don't know that I would pull May from the bullpen where he's had some success now in two separate stints, 2016 and 2018, and say starter because he can. And that goes against what I've said for years and years, but you know, three years, I'm tired of it now. So if he's a, if he's a reliever, he's a reliever, that's fine. Same thing for Fernando Romero, by the way. I would I would move Fernando Romero to the bullpen. I, I would address that area of weakness with a guy I think could get it done. Swing and miss, dial up the fastball. I think he's aggressive. I think he has got this like bulldog mentality. And then I think in the starting rotation, he made was it ten starts. First five were great. Second five were pretty pretty bad, pretty forgettable. So much so that they sent him out. They gave him some instructions on here's how you get back here, kid. And then you didn't see him again. You didn't really hear from him again. The big talk at the uh, shut him down September was Byron Buxton. But I think that says a little bit about how much he fell off our collective radar, Fernando Romero did. And that's not to say he's not talented or that he's not going to be a big leaguer. He is. He's going to get outs in the big leagues for years and years and years. I think in 2019, that's in the bullpen. Um, so Stephen Gonsalves, Cole Stewart, yeah, if you got to fill the rotation with that, I mean, Gonsalves would be better. Um, Mejia might be better if he can ever put together a full season. Um, Pineda's in that sort of injury question mark mix. But, yeah, internal options, Joey. I, I just see a couple of guys who we've thought of as starting pitchers for years now maybe being productive and contributing members to the bullpen. Um so you start to like that group a little bit better. You've got Taylor Rogers, if it's Trevor May, Fernando Romero, if Trevor Hildenberger can bounce back, if Addison Reed can bounce back from a season in which he had some injury issues. You start to like your bullpen a little bit more too. And you could still stand to upgrade that. I don't know that you'd give Craig Kimbrell six years on the free agent market like he reportedly wants, but you could still address the bullpen in free agency somehow. All right, Leland's got a question. Leland says, I have no fun questions today, so I'll just ask a legit one. Oh, Leland, I forgot. I still didn't come up with my favorite non-sports Twitter follows for you. I will do that. I'll, I'll come up with a list. I don't have it off the top of my head, but seeing your question here sparks my memory. Doy, I should have uh, should have thought about that after last week's video. Um, So here's the legit question from Leland. I've read a lot about signing an outfielder and moving Max Kepler to first. 
Seeing as outfield defense is Max's best skill at the moment, wouldn't that decision hurt the team on both sides of the ball? So I'm not convinced that Max Kepler will be a better hitter in 2019 than C.J. Crone. And furthermore, I'm not convinced that Max Kepler has that next step in him. We've all seen the talent. We've seen the potential. We've seen the possibility of, heck, there was there was a time when I was saying that I think Max Kepler will be a multi-time all-star. And it right now, it looks like I was wrong. It's still possible that that guy's in there. He takes a big step this year in, what is it, his age 25 season? So it's not like he's a grandpa. But you would have really liked to have seen that step forward last season for Kepler. It's just kind of, I guess I would just say it, underwhelmed by the development. Um, moving him to first base, I don't know that it hurts the defense, honestly, Leland, because I don't know enough about C.J. Crone's glove. I don't know that I like Tyler Austin as a first baseman defensively. He's a power guy who plays first. Um... Mitch Garver could potentially play some first base too. So I'm just not convinced that Kepler's bat is better than the other options at first base. And then you're right, defensively is is probably more his strength right now. I think if uh, you're moving Max Kepler to first base, it's either because you sign a guy like Michael Brantley or Jake Cave is taking over as the starting right fielder or it's just a really bad sign for Max Kepler. Like if Max Kepler is not holding down the fort for 600 plate appearances in right field in 2019 for the twins, it either means injury or other bad news for Max. Um, Now, having said all of this, would you be surprised at all if 2019 was like a fantastic breakout season for him? No, I wouldn't. Maybe he'll hit, 28 home runs this year and draw walks and crush lefties and be a great fielder. Like then there's a ton of value in that. And you'd be happy that you didn't give up on Max Kepler when I said I was ready to say, well, we we won't see that step forward ever. So yeah, I mean, if he moves to first base, I think it would be a downgrade um, offensively for the twins. And it would also be a really bad sign personally for Max Kepler. Outfield coach, too, by the way, guys, moving on. Jeff Pickler was uh, the one who was primarily responsible for working with guys like Eddie Rosario, Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, Jake Cave, Robbie Grossman, uh, defensively in the outfield, and now he's gone. He has been announced to David Bell's staff in Cincinnati. Um, He'll be in the dugout for the Reds. So the Twins lost what I consider a valuable resource. Um, I'm not sure how that affects Kepler or Buxton or Rosario or Jake Cave, but it's worth noting as the guy who's worked with outfielders primarily over the past two years is now moving on to a different job. I just got an email that says free pancakes. If it's an all-staff email, do I have to respond? We'll leave that all right, Twins Takes says, Patrick Corbin, exclamation mark. Go get him, exclamation marks. Odds they can get him, question mark. Low, but who cares about odds, question mark. All right, love it. Answered your own questions. Odds are non-zero, but uh, if, you have a, if you have a meeting with the Yankees and your best man brother is wearing a Yankees cap at the end of his best man speech at your freaking wedding, I would say that's probably a bad sign for the Twins. Twins Takes follows that up saying, Trevor Bauer has turned himself into one of the best pitchers in the league. Agreed. Agreed. It's really fun to follow that development as his velocity ticks up, as the control gets better with age. Swing and miss stuff is unbelievable. He's added that slider. I'm guessing, I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing he like just picked Corey Kluber's brain endlessly about, how do you throw that weird breaking ball that everybody wants to call a slider but looks more like a curveball, but isn't really a soft loopy curveball but nobody can touch yeah that show me that pitch because he's gotten a lot better at that it adds a third viable weapon for him he's a strikeout artist and there's more to pitching than striking out hitters but it sure helps a lot when you get 
runners on and you can just dial up a swing and miss. That that is how you run up a 2.21 ERA across almost a full season. So yeah, Trevor Bauer's development has been fun. Um, Jim says, do you think the Indians would actually trade Bauer inside the division? And it's really interesting. I won't spend too much time on the point, Jim. Um, but I get that kickback a lot where people say like, no. Um, or I was just kind of like jotting notes down the other day. I was like, would Jose Abreu make sense as a trade? Tar-? No, that probably doesn't make sense. But you get the, no, it doesn't make sense because they wouldn't trade from within or they wouldn't trade within their division. And I think we've seen that in sports, but I, I think it's a little cliched that why wouldn't you, if you're the Indians and you're trading Trevor Bauer, your premise is I'm going to get rid of this asset who I acknowledge is a good player. I'm going to get rid of it so that I can maximize value in return. So I think I can get something better. If you don't think you can get something better, you don't trade that asset. You just keep it and you say, cool, go pitch 200 innings and strike out 400 hitters. You just you you keep the ace. But the premise of trading any great player is I think we can do better. I think we can maximize this value, whether it's in prospects for future value or in present-day wins by, like, I'll trade a pitcher for two position players and we just – we know that guy is going to be on the field and I think he's a three-win player. He's a five-win player. We like that better than having a seven-win pitcher if that's your math. I'm just saying like that's one route you can go down. So the division thing is interesting because are the Indians trading for this year or are they trading for the future? And if they're trading for this year, their premise would be, well, we're going to get better with this trade. So why wouldn't you want somebody else in your division to also get worse with the trade if that's what you're doing? If you're afraid of losing the trade, then you're in the wrong business and don't make the trade. But if you think you can win the trade, I'd rather rip off somebody that I get to play X number of times in a season than just rely on, uh, well, I'll take the best value, but not from these four teams. So I think that the whole intra-division trading thing is a little flawed, but I'm also not a major league general manager, so um, it's easy for me to say, just win the trade. Just win it. That's what I would try to be doing if I was the Indians, and if I can win it against the Twins, all the better. Fantastic. Mitchell says, hasn't Corbin had two TJ surgeries already? I'm a little hesitant to give him big money for multiple years. Um, And then he continues to say, the guy I could find myself hoping we get, the guy I continue to find myself hoping we get is Zach Granke. Yes, the contract is big, but he's still an ace, and we wouldn't have to give up much to get him compared to Bauer or Syndergaard, etc., um, so the Granky no trade thing kind of sucks some wind out of the sails there that the twins are on Zach Granky's no trade list. According to the athletic, there are 15 teams on there and the twins happen to be one of them. Apparently, I guess that doesn't mean that a deal would be dead in the water, but it definitely makes it a higher hurdle. Um, probably more like a high jump, I would guess to clear, um, as for Patrick Corbin, I actually don't know. I'm going to look that up right now for you though. I don't think he's had two. Patrick Corbin. Fangraphs. This might all be for not, because don't forget, Ken Rosenthal said his brother wore a Yankees cap in his best man speech at the wedding. <laughs> I love that story. That's fantastic. Um, let's take out the minor leagues here. Yeah, I don't I don't know if Corbin had two. Um he missed the whole 2014 season in the big leagues, but he was back for 85 innings in 15, 155 innings in 16, 189 innings in 17, and then he emerged as an ace in 18 with exactly 200 innings on the nose. So if he had multiple Tommy Johns, it would have been well before. Um but you're right, Zach Ranky would be fascinating. That would be an awesome add. Um you got to make the money work, obviously. That's a big part of it. And you apparently also have to get him to sign off on a trade. So other than that, he should be pretty easy to acquire. 
Oh, boy. David wants to know what prospects would it take to get Syndergaard. I'm shocked the Mets want to trade Syndergaard. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what it would take. Good ones. You would have to give up two prospects that you don't want to give up. And then some. I mean, that's just where it starts. Noah says, Trevor Bauer is a great player, but so-so as a person based off his tweets and actions. I would rather have Carrasco. You know what? Carrasco is a good pitcher too. And I think that's stemming from some of the uh, Trevor Bauer challenging Alex Bregman on Twitter, and he's really chirping him. And a lot of people would perceive that he's kind of being a jerk about it. And then he says, somebody said something about, like, you're not Corey Kluber. Like, you you could talk a big game when you're better than Corey Kluber. And Trevor Bauer responded on Twitter, a public forum. He's saying, I had a better year than Kluber last year. And that's fine because he's right. He did. And we, sometimes we run from truth in sports. And uh, there's this great uh, Dan Lebitard segment on that one time about, like, we vilify people who tell the truth sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. Um, and this feels kind of like that, but also there's a time and a place in my personal opinion that telling the truth about you having a great season is is fine, is fair. It's fair games. It's Nothing he said was out of bounds in my opinion, but it is kind of a bad look to – to compare yourself to your teammate and try to make him look bad. Um, look, you don't have to be a great teammate to be a great player, though. So there is a certain amount of it that says, like, well, maybe you deal with a bad teammate if he's a great pitcher. And in this case, Trevor Bauer very well might be a bad teammate. I don't know. I've never been his teammate. I haven't even asked his teammates about what he's like as a teammate. But it looks from the outside looking in like he could be. And then you have to weigh, does that matter versus the fact that I'm going to get to pay like a guy who could win the Cy Young next year? I might get to pay him like 10 or $12 million. That's a pretty great place to start if you're building a team. So if you think you can handle it in the clubhouse, then you add great players. It's as simple as that to me. But if you're going to add Carlos Carrasco, I'm not going to stop you. Lucas says twins are loaded with number four and number five starters. I agree. I think that's – I wouldn't say it's a problem. Problem might be too strong of a word, but it is it's, – it's only something you can hang your hat on so much. Like if your claim to fame is that our 12th guy would be fine to make 15 starts in the big leagues, that doesn't mean you have a great pitching staff. And I think that there's this feeling around target field like that's the case. Like if if – Zach Littell is forced into action by July because you've got four Tommy Johns in the rotation ahead of him. You might thump your chest and say, well, good thing we had Zach Littell ready to go. And I might counter and say, fine, what are your odds of marching through October with that what's left of your staff? So there's part of it that's like you just have to keep your good players healthy. And the other part of it is like you need really good players. Uh it's super obvious. If you're listening on the podcast, you're probably rolling your eyes and thinking, uh, what did he just say? Keep your good players healthy and have good players? Yeah, got it. But what I mean is that if you're the Yankees, let's take the Yankees. Okay, if your rotation is Severino, Paxton, Corbin, Tanaka, fill in the blanks, you're feeling pretty good about that. One of those guys go down, you're okay. If you're the Twins and you've got Barreos, Gibson, Odorizzi, Pineda, move on down that list. Barreos gets hurt, you're cooked. So I, it sounds so intuitive, but I do think that the best way to improve the rotation is not through depth of the rotation. While that's great that they have a lot of four and five starters, and if Adalberto Mejia doesn't pitch an inning in 20, 2019, this team will be fine. But if you... If your only calling card is a lot of four and five starters, I think that's a bad place to be. Could be worse. It could be the Orioles. Jim says, how far out do you feel Kirilov is to making his debut in the bigs? And it's hard to say. I haven't seen Kirilov play in person. so. But based on his numbers, I mean, what, you start this year in the Southern League? 
Double A Pensacola and Seth, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I saw Seth on the chat earlier. Um, maybe he starts in double A or maybe he starts in high A and you just ask him to put up numbers. But I told Phil this on the last, he was a couple podcasts ago. 2019 is not the year you're going to see Royce Lewis and Alex Kirilov. Maybe Brent Rooker, but you're you're telling your young, low-level prospects, Bruce R. Grader all is on the same list. You say, we're super stoked to have you in the big leagues eventually. Go make the cover of Baseball America in 2019. Be one of the best prospects in all of baseball. And if those two as teammates are two of the best prospects, all the better. They're the next wave of talent, but I don't think that wave gets here 2019, Jim. So the earliest, if I had to guess, just without reviewing the numbers and looking at fit and need and stuff, I would say Kirilov as a as a bat advanced beyond his years, who missed a year, 2020 in September. I don't know. Oh, obviously, it all depends on how this year goes, too. All right, Noah says once either Larnick, Kirilov, or even Rooker, I think he's saying once they get there, I'd trade Kepler for a starter um, once presumably Odorizzi leaves in free agency. But I could see Rooker in right field, he says. Well, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not as opposed to trading Kepler right now as I was um, a year ago at this time. And if he was involved in the uh, Chris Archer trade talks, it, so it sounds like the Twins front office also wouldn't be opposed to trading Max Kepler. Um, you don't like trading guys when when their perceived value is dropped, but also um, that's not how economics works. You don't get to buy all the stocks when they're at their bottom and sell them at their peak. Justin says, just joining. What did I miss? Check out the podcast, Justin, or you can rewatch this on uh, 1500 ESPN's YouTube page or my Facebook page, which – you're commenting on my Facebook page, so I don't need to tell you that it's uh, Derek Whatmore MLB, but that was just a little cheap plug for everybody on the Touch Em All podcast. Justin says, let's grab Scope if he's non-tendered. Yeah, if Milwaukee moves on from Jonathan Scope, maybe. That could be your second base answer. Mike says, uh, where are we up the middle at shortstop and second base? Segura, DJ? Well, if the Mariners are going to trade everybody, um, Segura could make sense. Uh, it would take you something to get him. DJ LeMahieu, free agent, obviously. Um, fine, good hitter. I don't know exactly what the plan is there, but I heard that plan A is Polanco at shortstop, Miguel Sano at third base, but that the Twins are probably more willing than ever, I would guess, to move on from that plan and go, if, if plan B is even better, they're going to take that route, which is get a shortstop in here, move Polanco to second base. Then the bat plays much better, and I think the arm and just everything, he's more suited to play second base defensively, in my personal opinion. So no, you could make your gripes and say, but he shows so much potential at third base. But as uh, our buddy Jake DePew pointed out a couple podcasts ago, he's now 0 for 4, 0 for 3 really, if you count the seasons that are his doing, 0 for 3 in terms of playing a full year as a third baseman in the big leagues. Don't blame him for... Uh, previous regime asking him to play right field but and maybe you don't blame him for starting a season in july but the point being that he hasn't proven to be durable um conditioning and weight issues last year got kind of ridiculous if you ask me and i think that uh if you found a great third baseman like if josh donaldson hadn't signed with the braves and you brought him in on a one-year deal just replace the Joe Maurer money and bring in Josh Donaldson. Moving Sano to first base would make all kinds of sense. As it is right now, maybe C.J. Crone plays first base or D.H. Sano, third base, D.H., maybe some innings at first. Um, but, Mike, to answer your question, up the middle, I think plan A is Polanco and trade for or sign a second baseman. Um, but there could be other plans, too, that involve moving Polanco to second, bringing in a shortstop. Noah says Jan Gomes just got traded to the Nats, and uh, either you've got some well-placed sources or Twitter would be blowing up. Let's see here. I'm scrolling back through. Uh, 
Well, the White Sox non-tendered Avisail Garcia, apparently. So says Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the trade you're talking about. Well, the Reds non-tendered Billy Hamilton earlier today, too. I don't know if you guys saw that. Billy Hamilton is what I consider kind of a worst-case scenario for Byron Buxton. So, there's that. Um, Yeah, I'm not seeing this uh, Nats thing. To be honest with you. Hey, Noah, if you want to throw that in the chat, throw the link in there on Jan Gomes. Yeah, I mean, I see a one site with it, but I've never heard of it. Not that it couldn't be credible. But yeah, I don't see it on the Twitter machine. All right, let's fire through a couple more of these. This is awesome, by the way, guys. Tons of comments today. Super cool. I don't know how many people are coming in on YouTube. I guess I should have checked that. If there's a bunch, I feel bad for missing them. But on my Facebook page, uh, again, sorry, podcast listeners, Touch Em All uh, is the podcast feed. The Facebook page is Derek Wetmore MLB. Um, Tons of people. This is so cool. Having so many questions, tons of stuff to be able to go through. It gives me more to talk about, so it makes it easier um, for, for me, selfishly, if we're being honest. But also, it means I don't have to rely on my takes that have been worn out through the week. I can just answer questions and what's on your guys' mind right now in the moment. So it's super fun. Um, so thank you to everyone who came out and joined the video, and a special thank you to people who dropped questions in and gave us something to talk about. More next week, I'm sure. Let's rapid fire through some of these, though, because I know uh, we got to get out of here soon, and uh, you guys have probably been – if you sent in a question 20 minutes ago, you've probably been mad that I talked about uh, up-the-middle plans and prospects for the, <laughs> for the last 20 minutes. We should get the non-tender candidates at some point here, too. Um, before we get out of here. We'll see. All right, Mike says, any chance we grab a sure-handed power-hitting third baseman, move Sano to DH? I think plan A for the Twins, Mike, based on what I've heard, is Sano, third base. Try to make it work there. Give it another shot. Um, We know he can make the charge play. We know he can make the barehanded play. We know he can make backhanded arm plays at the foul line, which is something a lot of guys can't do. Um, He's just got that rocket for an arm, and if you move him to DH, you lose that. Flip side, maybe more likelihood you keep him healthy for a full season. Um, reduce the load and the stress on his body. I could see that. Um, trying to think, though. In my head, I have not been putting like a ton of emphasis on third base for the Twins. I think it's pitching, specifically bullpen and top of the rotation, which we talked about earlier. I think you want a shortstop. And I had been saying... First base. Now, if CJ Crone's your guy there, then that's fine. But um, and if you're going to non-tender Robbie Grossman, which I guess there's a non-zero chance, if you're going to do that, you're also going to need more bats. So something to consider. Um, that move Sonoda DH, you're, you're, that's fine, and you hope the bat comes through, but you're also creating another problem for yourself. So anyways, I... 
I haven't spent a ton of time thinking about how can I move Sano off of third base because I've heard the Twins' plan is to keep him at third base until that plan changes. Lucas says, what about Dallas Keuchel? Yeah, Keuchel will be fine. Um, he's not really that. I do think his reputation has taken off a little bit beyond his ability, but he's still a really good pitcher. Um, if I was betting on who has a better 2019, uh, let's go three pitchers. Better 2019, Dallas Keuchel, Patrick Corbin, or Trevor Bauer. I would pick I would pick uh, Keuchel third in that list. So, But he's good. He'd make your rotation better. If, if that's who you get, that's fine. Seth, uh, who joined the chat, I asked him about Alex Kirilov earlier, and Seth, who knows the minor leagues astoundingly well, um, if you're not following him on Twitter, I'm not sure why, uh, says that Kirilov should start in Double A. He's talking about for 2019. He just dominated Fort Myers, and I wouldn't put it past Kirilov to get to the big leagues in 2019. Well, July or August is possible, but a lot depends on Kepler, to be honest. Okay, that's fair. So if Kepler has a good year, he's probably blocked. If Kepler gets traded and they don't fill somebody else in there and Jake Cave struggles, then what? Maybe you see him as a corner bat? Interesting. Jesse says, Max Scherzer has $150 million in salary and bonus the next three years. Any chance that makes him available for a trade? I haven't heard anything. I don't know. Um, you'd think you'd be seeing a lot of rumors if Max Scherzer was on the block, but... You know, Robbie Cano just moved a lot of money. Um, they traded packs, and the Mariners are stripping down, obviously. But the Nats, I'm not sure. Uh, do the Nats, if they miss on bringing Bryce Harper back, which I think a lot of people are expecting him to leave, um, do you go into rebuild mode, trade Max Scherzer? I don't know. I, don't, I should just say, Jesse, my sense is that that wouldn't happen, but... I haven't given it any thought until you just asked me the question, so maybe I'm way off and podcast listeners are pulling their hair out saying that would make great sense, Derek, you moron. Probably they wouldn't be that mean. Uh, John says, since that Scope was brought up as a player, uh, we should sign, and he would probably make some more sense than the guy I am about to suggest, but I feel the buzz is low on Daniel Murphy, and I've always loved the guy. Just not sure... Why he hasn't been brought up, I assume it's because of his defense. Well, Daniel Murphy's got the bat, right? And he, I think he could play some second base. I think he could play some first base. Um, but, yeah, that's just not a real premium um, glove for, for that reason. Um, that's why you'd be looking at some possible first base on some teams. I'm not saying it makes a ton of sense for the Twins. But Daniel Murphy, as a guy who can fill a couple positions and hit, you could do worse than that. Tony says, is Dozier coming back? I would put the odds on no. John says, let me follow up my comment by saying I really like DJ. LeMahieu's a popular guy on this chat. I like it. Luke is uh, making fun of probably the sign here behind me, which was not my doing, by the way. That was uh, Mackie drew that in set up the video camera with me, and then bounced. So you've got him to blame for the uh, Woody Page graphic in the background here that says struggles with pace of podcast. Luke says, your pace of podcast does help with gambling. Shot at Rob Manfred. It is obvious, Luke continues, that the Twins need at least one more top half starter. But if this team is going to take a step forward, don't they also need two or at least one shutdown reliever? Yes, I think they do, to answer the first part of your question, Luke. Um, but I think they're also hopeful that somebody could emerge into that spot. And if it's Trevor May, or as I've suggested, Fernando Romero, um, I don't know who else would fit that sort of mold of, could you be a shutdown reliever? Maybe Trevor Hildenberger turns back into that guy as a ground ball strikeout, you know, funky delivery change piece kind of guy. But, um, yeah, you definitely need another reliever. And... Top half starter, I would agree with that too. Second part of your question is, does any of that matter if Buxton and Sano stink? Um, and what do you make of the rumors that the front office is not planning on spending this offseason? 
So I think they will spend. That's just my hunch. And I think that um, if Buxton and Sano stink, it is pretty tough to build a division-winning team in 2019. Uh, but I think if they're like good, not star players, I still think that the Twins have enough money and prospect ammunition that they could be the kind of team that could make you know a, a what is it a 15 win jump in the standings or something like that. I really do think that it's not outside the realm of possibility to see Rosario having more than one good half a season. Polanco playing for a full year and not getting suspended for steroids. Sano being at least serviceable. Buxton staying on the field and solving the contact problem. Those guys don't have to be superstars for this thing to work because then, oh, by the way, you've got like 60-plus million dollars if you're going back to last year's payroll that you can spend to upgrade the roster. And I just think that $60 million buys a lot of wins if you're doing it right. So to me, um, Luke, yes, it still matters if those two guys stink. And it would frankly be a little disappointing given their situation. And and if Cleveland does try to take a step back, it would be a little disappointing from a Twins perspective if they said, we're not going to try this year until we know Sano and Buxton are ready to pop. I think that you've got to be more aggressive than that if you're the Twins. So if you've heard that uh, front office is not planning on spending, if you heard that from Pat, he was kind of just throwing it out there, to be honest. But also... Would anybody be shocked either? That's kind of why I bring it up. Like I'm, I'm fully expecting that they will spend. And also if they don't, I'll be like, mm, okay, well, then they earned the criticism. We got to the one on Dozier. Um, Joe says the Nats thing is legit, but it started with just some random Joe Rocket account. <laughs> now Rosenthal is tweeting that they're in quote, serious discussions, okay? Yep, Mike follows up. Gomes to Nats in serious discussions per Rosenthal. Noah sent the link on Twitter. Okay, so there's that. Joey says, you rock, dude, thanks. No, you rock, dude. Thank you. Uh, Twins says, Twins takes. Derek, who are your sleeper starting pitchers for the Twins? Michael Pineda. Uh, continue with someone like Trevor Cahill who has struggled to stay healthy but has good stuff. Yeah, I'm just not that interested on the gambling stuff. It's fine, um, but I think Michael Pineda's already kind of their gamble. Now I think go get Corbin or Granke or Trevor Bauer or who am I missing on this list? Well, Patrick Corbin, but we've been over that one. Um, Noah Syndergaard. Go get somebody who would legitimately make your rotation better right away and who could start opening day and let Barreo start the second day. Um, Joe says, I just feel the twins need to get assertive with what players they add, add clear upgrades, and you can develop prospects and win. Now the money is there. There aren't many players who should just be considered safe on the roster. And a big priority should be making sure the bench is full of useful players who can contribute. Depth is a problem and having too many players who are just average is a problem. Boom. Pinning that comment, Joe. Thank you. Seth Stowes says, oh, this is more Jan Gomes. Here's uh, Rosenthal's tweet. Hashtag nationals in serious discussions with hashtag Indians about a trade for catcher Jan Gomes, sources tell The Athletic. Thank you to everybody who sent that in. Sounds like it's legit. John says, uh, so I'm assuming you talked about shortstop options. Not too many, to be honest with you. Um, But... They'll have some options. I, a lot of f fans are asking me this week if Iglesias makes a lot of sense. I've advocated for him in the past. I'm not as sure now as I was then. Um, I think the Twins were legit interested in a trade at one point, so we'll see if they rekindle that um, flirtatious advance uh, if it goes anywhere now that he's a free agent. That's probably a weird way to put that. John says, uh, how soon is the podcast available after the live feed ends? Well, it's a good question. So I'm producing this podcast solo today, so as fast as my fingers can fly. Um, if you are watching on the live feed, thank you. Um, thanks for stopping by my Facebook or if you saw this on Twitter or if you just happen to be scrolling around YouTube.com slash 1500 ESPN Twin Cities. 
thank you for watching it. If you want to find the podcast because you came in late or you just like the sound of my voice or it helps you fall asleep, for whatever reason, um, you can find that on the Touch Em All feed. Uh, it's on iTunes. I use an app called Podcast Republic, so I just subscribe to Touch Em All there. Um, wherever you get your podcasts, if you're an iPhone guy or gal, it's just on Apple Podcasts. Um, wherever you find that stuff, find the Touch Em All podcast. You can subscribe. You can listen to this one. You can listen to previous episodes. All our winter stuff should be pretty well um, – it should hold pretty well. The only one would be our Mackie went crazy. He decided on a lark one day that he was in love with Josh Donaldson as a third base option. So he kind of dove pretty deep on Josh Donaldson one podcast episode. That one's dated. Everything else should be pretty good. So that's where you can find it, John, and I will get that up before I go to the Gophers men's basketball game tonight at U.S. Bank Stadium. So that should be fun. That's my last question here. I'll check Twitter quick just because um, I know I saw some people reacting on there when I shared the link out. Uh, Chicken Finger 69 uh, famous phantom guest of another podcast in town. Um Rumored guest, I suppose, would be the safest way to put it. Hi, Chicken. Says, uh, free agency. I, I asked, how do you want to upgrade the Twins staff? He says, free agency, trades, draft, increased player development of existing pitchers, and if there's some other way to improve their pitching staff that I'm un- not aware of, also do that. So that's one way to skin a cat. Um Michael says we'll sign projects. A lot of pessimism in that one, so I'll skip it. Um, Seth was tagging me in some of the Nats, Jan Gomes rumors, and I see Jeff Passan tweeting now. Sources confirm that Rosenthal's report that they're close. So there's that. If you learn nothing else from this podcast, learn that at one point, the Jan Gomes trade before it was consummated was close to being consummated. So I'm glad we could provide that service for you today. That's it for me. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Thanks for checking out my Facebook page. These are super fun. We'll do them throughout the off season and uh, ramp them up, maybe get some guests on here in the future. But thank you to everyone, too, who asked questions because I rely on you guys for these videos. This has been a lot of fun for me. I hope you guys had fun as well. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.